Life Audio. Hey friend, happy Thanksgiving week. This is Heather Creekmore. I'm glad you're listening to the Compare Do Show today. I am interviewing my new friend, Kirsten Schmidt. She is a health coach and she is going to talk to us about how we handle cravings. Today, she's going to share her story, her own journey of disordered eating and kind of how things turned around for her. And then next time, we're going to talk about this reality of cravings. So much has been written or said about cravings. Kill the cravings. Cravings are bad. Cravings are evil. Cravings will kill you, right? Ignore the cravings. Cravings, ignoring is like next to godliness. All the things. And yet... God designed our bodies to need food. And yet, God designed our bodies to actually kind of know what nutrients they're missing. I mean, we don't question this with a pregnant woman. It's like if you're craving dirt, it's because you need minerals. If you're craving pickles, it's because you need salt. Like, we know this is true in pregnancy. And yet, in every other time in life, we're supposed to just ignore the cravings or pretend they're bad. I don't know. It's kind of frustrating to me, but Kirsten's going to help us sort it all out over the next two episodes. I'm glad you're here for it. Hey, did you know I've got a brand new book coming out? Yep, it's coming out December 12th. It's the 40-Day Body Image Workbook. I think it'll bless you, and maybe it'll bless someone else in your life. Maybe you want to grab one for yourself and grab one as a gift. Also, another great opportunity for gifting, maybe this incredible discount I am offering on my new online course, or the offer goes to the online course and a coaching program. My group coaching program will start again in January, or you can do this as an individual coaching program, but you can use a special code that's found in the show notes, and you can save a whopping 30% on the course only through December 8th. So go grab it now before that price changes. Let's get to today's show. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Kirsten Schmidt, welcome to the Compared to Who show today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So you are in what I like to call my gang of dietitian friends. <laughs> You're not really a gang, <laughs> but, but kind of, and I'm just, I'm happy to have you here today. I'm excited about this conversation about cravings because I feel like there's a whole lot of misinformation out there mm-hmm. around cravings and whether or not they're okay, all of that. And we're going to get to that in just a second, but I would love it. If we could just start by you sharing your story, I, all of my dietitian friends have kind of an interesting story with 
eating disorders or, you know, all the things. So will you share with us where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, gosh, my story goes all the way back to middle school. I think I remember sitting down in the girl's bathroom stall, and this was my first recognition that my body wasn't the same as everybody else's. And I remember turning my fingers into pretend scissors and pretending to cut fat off my body. And I would tell myself if I could just lose this much fat, then I would finally be happy Mm -hmm. is what I internalized that as. And so that belief really shaped the next decade of my life. When I got to high school, I developed anorexia. I didn't realize that. And thankfully it was somewhat short-lived because when I was in high school, Kim Kardashian's body was all the rage. And so I I thought, okay, my body doesn't match that being small. Mm -hmm. And so I need to get quote unquote fit. I need to have a small waist. I need to have toned arms, bigger hips, all the things. And that actually led me down the path of orthorexia, this pursuit of fitness. And so I moved past anorexia and into orthorexia And that got really restrictive. I was trying all these different diets that kept getting more and more restrictive. And then I started to develop health problems. Mm -hmm. I started to develop hormonal issues, gut issues, inflammatory issues. And I, of course, blamed the food because that's what everybody does. And so I became more and more restrictive. And I got to the point actually where I was just eating meat, cruciferous veggies, sweet potatoes, and quinoa. And that was it. Nothing else was included in my diet. And because of that extreme restriction, I started binging eventually. And so I was on this binge restrict cycle for a long time. I would binge on the weekends. I would start Monday off with some kind of fast or quote unquote detox Mm -hmm. to detox all the quote unquote bad food that I ate. Mm -hmm. And then that happened almost every single week. And eventually I had a really, really low point. I was seeing a functional medicine doctor. Nothing was like, I couldn't figure out why I was having all these health problems and I hit this low point and that's, that is where God met me. Can I pause you for a second? Yeah. Because I, I just, I don't want us to gloss over this. Like I totally, I want to hear the God part of this story. Absolutely. Okay. And I'll remind okay. you, we'll go back there. Okay. But you are eating healthy, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. You're eating mm-hmm. healthy. Like that list of things you rattled off. Those are all things that are nourishing for your body. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like, can you just fill that out even a little bit more? But you had hormonal problems Mm -hmm. from eating healthy. Like what? (laughs) Like, like what? So, so for those who don't even know what orthorexia is, could you define that term and maybe even spell it a little bit more exactly what that looked for you on the journey? And then we'll go back to your God story. Okay, let's do it. So orthorexia is any kind of hyperfixation or obsession around food quality, mostly for health. So it might not be so much about body image, although typically it is. It's not exclusive, but a lot of times I see it associated still struggling with body image, but it's this hyperfixation, hypervigilance around food quality. And so for me, it you know, something had sugar in it. If I ate that, there was extreme, not even shame as much as fear. Like I had a lot of fear around a lot of foods and anxiety around a lot of foods. And I remember my functional, I think she was actually a naturopath and she was really, really nice. But I remember her, we would do these tests and she'd say, I just don't understand why your body's so inflamed. 
Your body is so inflamed, but you're eating so well, you're exercising, you're doing like these supplements. We did elimination diets. I was doing all the things, all the functional medicine things that you're supposed to do to have a healthy gut and have healthy hormones. And for some reason, it wasn't working for me. And I actually, it was really cool how God um, unraveled all this for me because um, I gave up a little bit on eating perfect mm-hmm. because I had a a uh, um, internship where I was eating with people at the internship and I wasn't in control over the food that I was eating. And we ate very community style and we ate for like an, I mean, we took an hour to an hour and a half for lunch and just really enjoyed the food. And I would help cook the food. And it was this wonderful, wonderful internship. And that's where I started to let go of some of my food rules. Mm -hmm. And I started to notice that I started to heal. Mm -hmm. And I began to make this connection with food anxiety and inflammation and food anxiety and poor health and poor gut problems. And I had actually, it was amazing because I I had lost my period mm-hmm. and I woke up one morning and I had started my period just out of the blue and I had not had a period for years. Yeah. And I was just, I was so happy and so amazed that I was letting go of these food rules. I was including more sugar, more processed foods into my diet. I was actually, I actually stopped working out because I was so busy with this internship. I was moving throughout my day, but I stopped working out and I started to heal. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, there was, um, God met me before that. I would say he, he, he met me by showing me that I was objectifying my body in a lot of ways with all the shame that I carried and trying to use my body as a tool to gain worth. Mm-hmm. But that didn't that didn't lead me down the path of healing my relationship with food because still I had a lot of fear because I wanted perfect health. Mm-hmm. So God was very direct with me in this body objectification that I was experiencing. And um, that's, that started to heal first. But because of all the fear that I had around disease mm-hmm. and illness, I was still orthorex- orthorexic at that point, even though I was healing my body shame. Okay. Yeah. And this internship really changed things for me. And that's when I started to heal, even though I was eating foods that I were totally off limits, like gluten, all the things that, you know, mm-hmm. wellness culture says we cannot eat or that are bad for you. I started eating all these foods again and I started to heal and I thought, yeah. whoa something is totally wrong here. Something is totally messed up here. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, 
social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Okay, so there's a couple aspects to that, right? There's kind of the psychological aspect, right? Like the fear, mm-hmm. the anxiety, like what was going on, like the stress response around mm-hmm. food. But from the physiological aspect, like like how do you make sense of that, right? Because surely, I mean, I agree, like wellness culture has gone off the deep end, but mm-hmm. surely, Kirsten, someone is saying like, of course it's healthier to eat sweet potatoes than it is to eat something with sugar in it and gluten in it. Like, like, how do you make that make sense among all the messaging that we have out there today? Well, of course we know that there are very nutrient dense foods out there and our body needs those nutrients, like in sweet potatoes and the quinoa that I was eating and all those nutrient dense foods. But the fact of the matter is if you're in a state of chronic stress or chronic anxiety, your body is not in a state of healing. Your body cannot heal when you're chronically stressed and anxious. And that's, that's where I was. I was chronically stressed and anxious around food and eating perfectly. I would say hypervigilance is how I would describe it so well. And especially when it comes to our, our gut health, you cannot digest when you are in a state of stress, those are two different parts. They're the same part of your nervous system, but they're two different systems. You have your parasympathetic rest and digest. You have your sympathetic fight or flight. They fluctuate as one goes up, the other the other is going to go down. And so if you're chronically stressed, you're not even going to digest well. And if you have this chronic fear around food, our bodies are really intelligent. If you are telling yourself this sugar is poisonous, which is a word I hear a lot with sugar, which it blows my mind mm-hmm. to equate sugar to poison that can actually kill you. But this is the language that people use with sugar, that sugar is poisonous. And if you're telling yourself day after day, sugar is poisonous. When you eat sugar, mm-hmm. your body, you've trained your brain to think that this sugar is really bad for you and your body is not going to react normally or well to that sugar, like it would if you had a healthy relationship with sugar. Yeah. 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 That's good. So my story is I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroid, um, at age 40. So about, uh, nine years ago mm-hmm. and about three or four years ago, so six or seven years after my diagnosis, um, was COVID right. And mm. everyone's making sourdough, but I'm mm-hmm. gluten-free, right? And and I'm supposed to be dairy. I'm supposed to be gluten-free. I'm supposed to be dairy-free. You know, I'm supposed to be anti-inflammatory, like all the things to heal my Hashimoto's autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And, but everyone's making sourdough. It's COVID. Like there's not access to the same variety of foods. And I start making sourdough and I'm like, I'm kind of okay with the bread, like, Whereas before, like literally Kirsten, I remember going to, um, 
the Cheesecake Factory was like one of my favorite places. And I remember going there for my birthday and right, you know, when you're in the diet mentality, right? Like birthday is all bets are off. Like that's indulgence time. Yep. And my husband and I split my favorite, like peanut butter, like the Reese's peanut butter cup, like cheesecake. And we split a piece. And I don't even know that between us, we didn't, it wasn't like a half and half thing. Cause I think we still brought some home. So mm-hmm. I hadn't had that much. But I remember my throat was so swollen by the time I got home and I was not in a bulimic way, but I was just so uncomfortable that I was throwing up later because I just couldn't like digest it. And I also remember how afraid I was like, oh, it's going to be bad when I eat this thing. It's good, you know, because, oh, Cheesecake Factory also has that brown bread, the mm. <laughs> pumpernickel bread I love. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm sure I had some of that too. And it's like, oh, all the bad things I did. I mean, total stress case right here over that. And and in in the mix there, I had also gotten um, MRT testing. Are you familiar mm. with that? Uh-uh. Where the mediator release media release testing. So it was like the, you're not allergic to these foods, mm, but your yes. body a couple years later might do something funky with or a couple years, <laughs> Heather, <laughs> a, couple, a couple days later, uh, might do something funky, you know, like have a response to it. And so like bananas were on that list and all these other foods were on that list. And so I was like deathly afraid of bananas. And if like there was a banana in the kids smoothie, like I have to like clean the inside of the, the blender and make myself like another one without banana, like, or if someone made banana bread and I like wanted to indulge, I'd have a piece and then I'd be like worn out, like exhausted and be like, oh, it's a stupid bananas. I can't have bananas. They make my body so tired. Right. And the funny thing is after learning kind of the things that you're talking about and recognizing that the fear around my food is probably what was causing the response to my food. Like I can eat a banana anytime I want Mm -hmm. and I can eat bread without it being a problem. And I like, it's, it is so strange and so hard to believe that it could have been mental, but Mm -hmm. and my Hashimoto's is in remission. So I didn't diet my way to a difference with my Hashimoto's when I was dieting, my Hashimoto's was flaring. And and I love how you explained how your body was so inflamed. It's just like, that's so contrary to what we learned, right? Yes. You were eating like four foods. Your body <laughs> should not have been inflamed. And yet, I mean, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So- it is. I, I even had a client once whose kid had a lot of food allergies and just some health issues. And they were going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, trying to find some help for him. And when we started working together, her and I, not her and her son, when we started working together and she started healing her relationship with food Mm -hmm. and there was just less stress around food. And that's actually as a result, just in the home in general, because that stress that so many women feel around food, especially when you're dieting, it's hard to be as present there with your family. Right. And so that stress was decreasing overall in their home and her son's health actually started to improve Wow. because there was this overall decrease in stress, but, a, but specifically around food. Yeah. And the implications of stress in our health are huge. I mean, there's so much more research now that shows that stress is one of the biggest predictors of disease. Mm-hmm. 
And here we are, bundles of stress because we're trying to prevent disease with the perfect diet. Right. And we're inflaming our bodies. Right. Right. Well, and I think about the truth too. I've heard it said that dieting is kind of a trauma, a little T yeah. trauma to our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so if you are a mom in a trauma state, right, even a little T mm-hmm. trauma state, but like, I mean, honestly, like my mom was always dieting, mm-hmm. always in that state. And I I think about the implications that looking back now that probably had on mood and ability to handle, you know, (laughs) the unexpected, right? Like when you're hungry, you're not always in the best mood. (laughs) You're not always the nicest person. Like I like to joke that I think my marriage got better when I stopped dieting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Right. And, or, well, like even as a mom, like, not being so angry when the kids find the treat that I stashed specifically for cheat day. And mm-hmm. like, I, you know, would be ballistic that they ate the last thing of that or whatever. And I was like, no, I need that. Like, that was my thing. I was been waiting all week for that thing. And now it's gone. And just, you know, like go flying off the handle over something so stupid as food, mm-hmm. right? It is, it is insane how, has taken over and, and we've all, we've all done it. We've all done, believed these, I'm going to say myths or half truths around, around food. And it's, it's controlled our lives in an unhealthy way. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Cause your body, your, your body doesn't know that you're on a diet. Mm -hmm. If you're restricting and there's a lot of stress, your body probably thinks you're going through a famine. Yeah. And So it would be natural for your body to be in this constant, probably low grade of fight or flight. And you're not going to, it's hard to be kind. It's hard to be patient. It's hard to do a lot of things when you're in a constant low grade state of fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Kirsten, what, what does life look like for you now? How have Uh, things changed in your relationship with food? So much. (laughs) I would say, um, I mean, I include all foods now Mm -hmm. and that has helped again with this inflammation that this chronic inflammation that I had in my body, including all foods Mm -hmm. and not having the scarcity mindset around food. Number one, I'm no longer binge eating. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer on this binge restrict cycle where I'm waiting for my cheat day on the weekend, which would turn Mm -hmm. into this whole cheat weekend. I'm no longer going on these detoxes all the time or these fasts all the time. Mm. And overall, there's just this great sense of peace. Like knowing that I can keep chips and chocolate and cereal. Cereal is a big thing that I used to binge on Mm. in my pantry, but my pantry can also be full of fresh vegetables and, um, you know, there's fresh food in our fridge. You can, all food can fit. Mm -hmm. And that peace that it brings you is worth so much to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, food just becomes food. Yes. Right. Not this like big thing that I've got to think about all day, every day. And, you know, like worry about, is it out to get me? (laughs) Is it going to mess me up? You know, like, like, you know, Amy Carlson says that, um, like she does this illustration with her clients where 
like she has like a tug of war with a rope and has the client pull one end and like drops the other end. She's like, food is not pulling back. Like you're not in a tug of war with food. <laughs> and so I just, I love that. That's, that's so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. but what about cravings? Mm. I mean, and now I, what's, I, you were about to share more of your testimony, perhaps like what, what was your view of cravings growing up? Were you, were you raised in a Christian home or? Yes, I was raised, raised Christian. Um, there were, there really wasn't a whole lot of dieting going on that I saw, but, um, there was still, I know a lot of women that I was, I was around struggled with body image. And I do remember growing up and I, I love my dad to death but I really liked donuts as a kid. And I, I was compared to some of my peers larger when I was in middle school. And so my dad would tell me, my mom would buy me donuts and my dad would say a lot of comments to my mom. You got to quit buying her donuts. Mm. She's going to put on more weight, things like that. And my dad was a really good loving dad, but it is that idea that, But yeah, just a lot of views around that we can't have certain foods. Mm -hmm. And I heard a lot of comments with people in larger bodies, just with people around me saying, well, if they would just stop eating this food, or if they would just just stop eating as much of this food or just control their cravings, then they would lose weight. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that I had to control my cravings, started to creep in from a very, very young age. But then when I started dieting, that's when it started to get worse. I remember looking up, how do Victoria's Secret angels eat? Mm. And it was all how to curb your cravings and eat fruit instead of candy and eat low carb. And um, it's not good to have carb cravings all these other messages around cravings once I started getting into diet culture. So the seed had been planted when I was young, just how adults would talk about food. And then as I pursued dieting, I mean, the diet message is control your cravings, curb your cravings, or you see things all the time that say, get rid of your cravings. And I think that's so bizarre to me now because people who don't have cravings usually are very, very ill or they have an eating disorder. Yeah. Like we should have cravings. Cravings are good. Cravings are actually a sign of good health Mm -hmm. if you have cravings, which is so backwards as to how we think about them. Well, I was thinking about the reality as I was just kind of thinking about our time together today. You would never, like with pregnant women, you would never tell a pregnant woman that it was bad that she was craving a certain thing, right? Like that is societally acceptable, right? You know, I mean, the joke is like pregnant women sometimes crave dirt, right? Mm -hmm. Or the pickles with ice cream, right? And we know like, oh, well, that's just because her body needs certain nutrients or her body's craving salt or her body's craving minerals. That's why she's craving dirt because the minerals of the soil Mm -hmm. or whatever, um, and we accept that. Like no one has a problem with that. Yep. And like, those are good cravings. Like we, you know, we understand there's a nourishment aspect to those cravings, speaking to her as a pregnant woman and telling her how to feed her body and thereby how to feed a baby. But mm-hmm. if you're not pregnant, 
You shouldn't be Mm -hmm. having cravings. You shouldn't be listening to your body as to how it wants to be fed. Like what kind of ridiculous, you know, self-indulgent lack of self-control do you have? Right. I mean, that's some messaging, isn't it? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's so strange to see when someone is, when a woman is pregnant, how suddenly every rule around dieting suddenly goes away Mm -hmm. because I think we recognize that that's not, you have this human inside of you. And dieting isn't healthy for the human inside of you. Mm -hmm. But it's funny that as soon as the human is no longer inside of you, we think, well, it must be healthy now that you're no longer pregnant. It's not healthy for the human inside of you, but it's healthy for you. (laughs) It's, it's It's like when you have a human inside of you, your body has a job. But otherwise your body's job is to just look pretty yes. and be thin, right? Not that, yes. not that you need like the glucose to keep your brain going or, you know, like all of those things are superfluous. You should be able to exist without food. So your body yes. looks its best, but if you're growing a human, then your body has work to do. And it, no, your body always has work to do, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Kirsten, this has been so good. I want to dig more into this cravings topic. Would you be willing to come back and let's talk more? You have actually a kind of teaching on like cravings and stuff. Would you be willing yes. to come back and let's talk through that? Absolutely. I'd love to. Wonderful. Well, thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compared to Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian podcasts, go to lifeaudio.com. show blessed you may i ask a huge favor leave a review on your favorite platform seeing your five star reviews is a huge encouragement to me not sure how to do it you can go to compare to who.me slash podcast go to the feeling stressed let's take better care of you i'm bonnie gray the host of breathe the stress less podcast subscribe at lifeaudio.com